Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times, with episode 218 of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. That's right, getting over is back and we have a special episode for you today. We are approaching one of the most important times of the year for WWE. Yes, it is the WWE Draft and the Silver King Adam Silverstein, Vintage Chris Vanini. We are here with a special mock draft episode. We're going to choose brands. We're going to make our picks and we're going to create our own WWE rosters just to give you guys a little bit of a presentation, a little bit of an example of what could potentially happen starting Friday on SmackDown and continuing Monday on Raw. In addition to our mock WWE draft, both of us also finally watched the Dark Side of the Ring Plane Ride from Hell episode. When I say both of us finally watched it, I mean I finally watched it. Chris has seen it for days now. He's been waiting on me, but I finally caught up We are ready to have that discussion. So we're going to break down that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. It's it's generally a very good series. I do have a lot of thoughts on that episode, both what we did see and what we didn't see. So I hope you guys stick around for that. If, of course, anyone is interested in listening to one part or the other of this show, as I mentioned during all of our NXT and AEW episodes, our episode description has timestamps for every single segment. So you can jump around as necessary. But of course, I do hope you listen to the entire show because we here at Getting Over. It's all about the five. We're all about the five. We're all about providing you the highest quality professional wrestling audio that you can get. But we ask from you to repay us by leaving those five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, telling people how much you love the show, not just people online through Apple Podcasts, But in your real life, friends and family you know who like wrestling, please tell them about your favorite professional wrestling podcast. We would love to get more people listening and conversing with us all the time. And a way you can converse with us on this podcast is by following us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. Not only do we read your DMs on the show when time allows, which it hasn't recently, but I promise we will get back to that in a significant way going forward. Uh, But we do pre and post show polls ahead of pay-per-views live shows on Twitter spaces ahead of pay-per-views, and we chat and tweet during all four major professional wrestling shows every week. So there is every reason to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. So with that, let me welcome in vintage Chris Vanini, my co-host here at Getting Over. Chris, I got to tell you, I'm excited about this show. I love drafts of all kinds, NFL, NBA, fantasy football. I mean, there's some I don't like, MLB and NHL. I'm not saying I love them all. But those three types of drafts, when it comes to sports, I love them. When I was in college and actually during my first job out of college, I was really bored. It was a sales job. I hated it. I can get into that another day. I used to hold drafts for random things with my friends and coworkers. We would draft our favorite snacks and cookies, stadiums. My full-time job now during NFL draft season, we do fun types of drafts. It's something I like to do. And there's actually a podcast that exists out there. And their entire gimmick is that they draft random things, actors, uh, movies, like random stuff. And I've been jealous ever since I found out that existed that I didn't think of that idea myself. So my point is, I really like drafts. And because of that, I really like the WWE draft because despite some years it being handled 
pretty terribly, including yes. two years ago. It oh, yeah. guarantees freshness. It's one of the most important times of the year for WWE, not because the draft shows themselves are important, but because it really does set the stage for not just what maybe WWE has planned, but what for, for what is possible from now until basically a year from now. Yeah, when I was a kid, my brother and I used to play the NHL video games all the time. And we would often do, I, th- I think it was, I think it was called Fantasy Draft, or I don't remember exactly what it was called, but you could just, like, recreate all the rosters if you wanted to in the video game. Um, you you just draft from everybody who's out there, and my brother and I would often do that and just remake rosters on the team. So, big draft fan. And, yeah, there, there's WWE's done this good ways, poor ways. You know, when they had Shane and Stephanie going back and forth, you know, when they first did the brand split, redid the brand split, I think it worked. I think having the Fox executives and Cletus the robot did not work. Now we don't have any authority figures whatsoever. And we're not even quite sure who is doing the picking, which might be a good thing. Maybe we may it, it, it could further separate the shows as just almost two different companies. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I always do get excited for it. And I, I got to give WWE a little bit of credit here because they've done a great job of sticking to the separate rosters, largely at the behest of Fox and USA Network, both of which want their own stars. But over this last year, okay, did they have a couple of days where, what what was it, the brand-to-brand invitational, just like where Baron Corbin twice, I think, was on Raw, and I think Charlotte Flair once or twice was on SmackDown? Yes, that did happen. But the wild card too? Well, that was back in the day. The wild card was before, before the new contracts. Uh, So over the last two years, WWE's done a really good job of sticking to their rosters. And every time they haven't, they've generally come up with a reason. Two years ago, when they needed to move people back and forth, they announced trades, which was pretty interesting. Or I think when Apollo Crews got moved over to Raw, he was a consideration to be named later from the Mm -hmm. original draft. I liked when they did that. Um, This past year, they really drastically limited who went back and forth largely because they were keeping the rosters separate because of COVID and they didn't want people intermingling with each other. But even since, you know, they've come back to touring in July, they haven't really done anything. Now, people have technically um, moved to different brands before the draft, but it's been very minimal. Biggie over to Raw because of the Money in the Bank briefcase and being WWE champion, that makes total sense. Naomi just recently showed up on SmackDown. There was no technical reason for that. And Mandy Rose obviously just recently showed up in NXT, and there was no reason for that either. But those are limited cases, very limited. And to me, I personally appreciate that they've been able to keep the brand separate, even during circumstances when they've had talent shortages due to one reason or another. Now, let me ask you this. Now, I, I did not watch the Ruthless Aggression era live. I was out from about late 2001 to, mm-hmm. to to about Raw 1000 is when I came back. So it was about 10 years out. Wow. So okay. I missed the first big brand split. And something they something that was big at the time was when someone would just show up on another show. Like Raw's got a new person. John Cena's here. And it'd be like a big deal. Do you think by being so strict with it, or at least not doing trades, um, is that something you think they should get back to is having some changes without a full on draft? Absolutely. Uh, as long as it's 
based in reality. That's the key. Yeah. So there, there is no harm whatsoever in doing trades. The problem is because there are not authority figures, you don't really have people who could you could show on screen having a conversation and making a decision to trade people. The people in yeah. charge of both shows are a duo. It's Adam Pierce yeah. and Sonya Deville. They're not split one to one, one on SmackDown, one on Raw. And maybe they just happen to be at both shows together. So if they did that, or if each of them had a specialization where they had more control over one show than the other, but they still work together, then I think that would work. But at the same time, it does seem to me like they're pulling Sonya Deville. They're about to pull her out of managerial stuff into a, a wrestling role again with this Naomi feud. So, you know, I, I think that's about to end is, is really what I'm what I was saying in that regard. Yeah. But back during those initial drafts, and just to clarify, I was out of WWE from 2002 to about, I think, 2006. But what I remember, and my memory is a little bit foggy, and, and I've only caught up a couple times on WWE Network, is I think I remember like Eric Bischoff managing Raw and Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon together managing SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And they had the draft and then they did a trade with each other. And I think there was even a storyline at one point where Triple H got drafted from Raw to SmackDown, but he wasn't happy about it. So he forced his way back over to Raw. So they <laughs> used the draft. I'm saying in kayfabe. Uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they use the draft to create storylines about yeah. the draft and about the separate brands, which when you consider that Survivor Series is coming up seven weeks from now, that actually makes a lot of sense to create storylines around the shifting of talent. And then, yes, six months from now, if you're raw and you're looking at your roster, you're like, man, we are short on tag teams right now because this person got injured and... This team, who knows what happened, right? They got COVID, so they're out for a couple of weeks. Knock on wood, God forbid. Um, and they're like, oh, man, maybe we should make a trade. Oh, we have some extra men's singles. Let's kayfabe do a trade. I would love for them to do that. And I think it would be yeah. a great way to freshen things up during the year in a realistic fashion without breaking your separate roster rules. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. It's also weird with the draft being now and then Survivor Series happening. The result is we don't get brand versus brand new feuds all the time, like the Seth Ray Mysterio stuff. So we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see how it handles. But a uh, um, lot of potential and, and hope they take advantage of the opportunities to tell different kinds of stories. So that, for the last two drafts, Chris, would you, I, I believe both were failures, but for totally different reasons. I'm trying uh, to, rem I'm trying to remember. So I'll, let me talk it through. Maybe it'll remind you. The first one was a mess because they had the war rooms, the guy in the face paint, the robot. Um, it was just geeky and stupid. And you had Stephanie McMahon standing out there announcing all the individual picks and like nothing happened. Okay. And then last year, I thought the formatting of it was better. I think Stephanie still announced the picks, but I thought the format was better. The problem was from the draft, and it only got exasperated over the last couple of months even further, but Raw was left with a far weaker roster than yeah. SmackDown by a significant margin, and it only got worse because the majority, especially of male talent that WWE released, was from the Raw side, uh, Strowman, Wyatt, uh, Andrade, etc., uh, Miro, uh, you know, Rusev. Whereas on the SmackDown side, it, I think it was really only Alistair Black that I can think yeah. of off the top Smackdown's of been, my head. SmackDown's been loaded. They've been loaded and, for a while. Right, and SmackDown brought back, I mean, Raw had Edge for a period of time, 
Then he went over to SmackDown after winning the Royal Rumble. And he's still there, right? Um, they they brought back Becky Lynch just recently. Finn Balor is over there, et cetera, et cetera. So all they've done is continue to make that roster stronger while Raw's just sitting there like, like uh, in that movie. Please, sir, can I have another superstar? Can I have some more <laughs> wrestling? Like they're just begging for a little bit extra porridge. And that's not really going to work long term. So my hope is with this draft that the rosters are, I'm not expecting them to be even. I do expect SmackDown to have more, a little bit more top tier talent, but Raw cannot be left depleted, number one. And number two, it needs to be deep enough so that you can have rotations because you do have a three hour show. Right. That, that's why, you know, that's why you have, you had Lashley and McIntyre go for so long. Um, Lashley, Biggie has been kind of short, but it just felt like so many people. I mean, that's why we had raw rematches for quite a while is because there was just not much else. And it was like, all right, if you're going to pull from other parts of the roster, who you who's going to get featured now? It was Angel Garza and Drew Gulak type of stuff. And, and, and they just refused not, to use those guys. Like, yeah, there's no so reason was, Angel Garza could not have been a singles wrestler fighting Damian Priest and taking losses to him here and there. Sure. Like, yeah. So, yeah, they need depth. They need star power. They do. A couple more notes before we get into it. Uh, I do think WWE this year, again, to give them a little bit of credit, they've done a very good job promoting it. I was listening back to last year's show, our draft show, just to make sure we did the format right. We talked about things the same way. And they only gave us like a week, maybe like 10 days notice last year that the draft was coming. It's now been multiple weeks, I think three weeks in WWE. And that means they're promoting it. They're building anticipation and they've given people reasons to get excited over what's to come. Another improvement is last year, I think this occurred October 9th, so additional week later, and I believe Survivor Series was a week earlier than it was. So there was only about four or five weeks between the draft and Survivor Series, which obviously doesn't make a shred of sense. This year, it's still too close together, but it's seven weeks apart. So that at least gives us the better part of two months to have these people be on brands on their own, you know, separately and create a little bit of, you know, continuity of brand. I still wish that they did this in April or May, shortly after WrestleMania, and then gave them basically half the year to kind of coalesce and come together. And then you have the brand versus brand battle midway through the year. And it makes sense. Maybe you even do things to create animosity. Biggie and Roman Reigns kind of staring down each other, you know, and it looks it still seems like that match is going to happen. And I don't really know how much more build you need anyway for Survivor Series. But my point is seven weeks improvement. Would I love five or six months? I absolutely would. Right. And and like after Mania would make sense. That's supposed to be the end of stories. But maybe they think, oh, people are just getting back into wrestling because WrestleMania brings them in. So we don't want it to be right around there. I don't know. I would, as someone who always watches the product, though, obviously would prefer that. And a couple more things. Uh, I, I want WWE to explain the format. They have done a good job of telling us it's two picks for SmackDown and three picks for Raw because it's a longer show. That makes sense. But it always seems like the champions are not officially protected when maybe they should be because they're the champions of the brand. I wish there were some more rules. Like you can only call, you can only draft. X number of superstars from Raw, you can only draft X number of superstars from NXT if you're SmackDown or vice versa. It or would be I, cool. I, I, yeah. It would be cool if there were just known and declared rules and limits. Right. The if you're going to move champion, you got to say you can't have the US champion and the Intercontinental champion. Like, right. Like, so if you draft one, you're automatically giving up the other. 
Right. And 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 that's kind of what we're doing here. But yeah, it's weird to to know the draft is coming and we still don't know the format. Like that that should have been explained on Monday. They could have You're right that they have explained that the draft is coming, but they've basically only said these tag teams could get split up. That's all we know about it. We don't know what the format is. We don't know what the rules are. Right. And they're, prom- and, and they've said like, Oh, who knows if the street profits will be together after Friday, as if that's a positive thing, as if right. fans are looking forward to the draft because they want tag teams to be split up. That's one of the things we hate the most about the draft. Occasionally. Sure. You want to split up a tag team and there's a good reason such as Biggie and new day. There were people last year who were really upset about that. I was not. I thought it was a really good decision because they kept them as friends. They kept them together. They just separated them on brands. And look what's happened a calendar year later. Biggie is now the WWE champion. He won money in the bank right. and is the WWE champion. I mean, you can't ask for more. He also had a very long intercontinental title reign despite fighting Apollo Crews for like 80% of it. <laughs> um, but but so, yes, I want all of that stuff laid out in front of me. And we're taping this Wednesday afternoon. The draft is Friday night. So we're a little over 48 hours away. WWE has not released the pool of superstars available on Friday slash Monday, which is what they normally do. They have not released any rules. They basically haven't said anything other than what you said, Chris. Tag teams can be split up. We know we don't want tag teams to be split up. No, that, that's I always, not something that's, that's going to get me interested to watch the show. No, I always think about the stories of uh, Bubba Ray Bully Ray says when when him and Devon got split up. I think in the first ever draft, I think it was so ridiculous. That was the, so the Hardy. Stupid. The Hardy. I think they did the same with the Hardys, maybe. Um, and so it's like it doesn't. And we'll get into the rules, but it's like, why would you not draft both of them if you can draft a tag team? It doesn't make like any in, sense. Yeah. In kayfabe, it's like I love Montez Ford. Well, I can just draft the Street Profits. Why don't I just draft the Street Profits? And that's another thing you kind of got to suspend some some disbelief. Don't break up the tag teams unless, you know, Biggie, we knew a big singles run is coming. If they break up the Street Profits, we know a Montez Ford single run is coming. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but there are better ways to go about it. Though. Well, it'd be bad for Angela Dawkins. And I love Angela yes. Dawkins, so I wouldn't like right. that. I was no. I was totally fine when Heavy Machinery got broken up. I wasn't I thought it was stupid that Heavy Machinery should have been kept together. And if you want to break them right. up, like you're saying, break them up on Raw. But ultimately... It did work. I mean, it went the way we thought it would. And I don't yeah. want that same thing to happen with the Street Profits because right. uh, Angela Dawkins on his own is very good. And I'm scared that they won't see him that way. Uh, the last thing here, I said, tr- I said, keep it real. That's what's really important. I wish they would split up Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, one picking for USA, the other picking for Fox. Maybe if hopefully Triple H is healthy, he's ready to come back. Maybe Adam Pierce and Triple H are in one war room. Stephanie McMahon and Sonya Deville are in the other. Like, I'd love to just see a little bit of the backstage pondering and and discourse and discussion before a pick comes, as opposed to Stephanie just coming out there and saying, "Okay, these people are going here. These people are going here. Thank you. And then (laughs) walking away, which is largely what it was last year. And, you know, maybe that's because there was no crowd last year. Um, But I want reactions. I want promos from superstars as soon as they get picked or like immediately after the commercial break. I want reactions. I want people excited. Yes. I want I yeah. want someone, hey man, see you later. Screw SmackDown. I'm off to yes. Raw. I want people yep. saying, yeah. damn it, I really like it here. And like maybe it's someone who has a friend with someone else, right? And like, oh man, I'm gonna miss you, right? Those things should be on television. It should mm-hmm. feel real. Instead, it's yes. recently felt boring. No, it, it's it's 
it's someone's picked. We don't know. We might get a promo with them backstage. They do a lot of promos after the show. And it's like, remember that first draft? Everybody's just sitting in a room backstage on folding chairs. And The Undertaker gets picked and he throws a fit. Like, like you want to see those live reactions. Like, right. I, I agree. That's, you want to create that drama. Don't try to fit drama into a, a box that you want. Make it feel like this is a whole big thing. You'll have, put everybody there in the arena and let it flow. That, that first draft worked for that exact reason. By the because, way, if, if memory yeah. serves about that draft, and that's a, that's a great example by you. If memory serves, I believe Taker, Austin, Rock, and like one or two other people knew what was happening. No one else there knew. So it was yeah. shoot. All that stuff was shoot. And I'm not saying that you should shoot surprise your superstars in 2021 because <laughs> this is 20 years yeah. later. And like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of other considerations to it. Right. Especially when you have like spouses and there's so yeah. many people who are coupled up backstage in WWE. But did that add some realism? It sure as hell did. And it made it exciting. Yeah, exactly. Keep it real. Keep it real. Okay, let's get to our WWE mock draft. I'm going to read off the rules here uh, so everyone understands the confines in which Chris and I are working. Uh, Chris, do you think maybe, I don't know if you have a, a spreadsheet open or pen and paper, maybe you can keep track on of who drafts who, just so we have a list at the end. That would be very, very helpful. Okay. Uh, I'll let you do that while I read off these rules. But the rules are, uh, that we're making the champions off limits. Uh, so whoever gets SmackDown gets the SmackDown champions. Whoever gets Raw gets the Raw champions. Uh, both rosters are completely open, so we can draft our own superstars and we can draft the other roster superstars. We do not automatically get to keep, uh, by default, the rest of the people on our roster. Tag teams and groups can stay together or be split up. Uh, we will flip a coin for brand and flip a coin for who gets to draft first. We'll do a snake format, so the first person will pick one, the next person will pick two, and it'll be two all the way until the final round. And even though there's reports, that a solid number of NXT talent are going to be drafted. We're not going to include them in this mock draft. We're not going to do a ton of rounds. We're probably only going to do 10. Um, but I will at the end mention a few of the NXT names I would love to see get called up as part of this draft process. So Chris, does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that before we move on? No, let's just uh, refresh who the champions are. Yes. On Raw, okay. you've got Big E. You've got Damian Priest. You've got... Uh, RK Bro. Yep. And Charlotte. And you also have Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash, who are technically Raw superstars. Yeah, they're, uh, I guess, yeah. I and mean, they, they go both ways, but yes. And Reggie. Um, and on, oh, Sma yes. on SmackDown, yes. you have Roman Reigns, yep. Becky Lynch, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the Usos. Now, uh, yep. what I think we should do, and we did this last year, okay? Um, because I think one of us drafted Big E, one of us had Roman Reigns. So we made sure it worked out was whoever drafted Big E got New Day and whoever drafted Roman Reigns got the Usos. Now, that is a little bit technically unfair this year because the Usos are champions right now. So you're getting them anyway. So mm -hmm. do you think New Day should automatically come with Big E or because it's a group, it's a team, right? We Normally, you can choose whether to keep it together or not. Or do you think whoever gets the Raw team gets to decide that uh, before we move forward? I say no, because you're already getting them as champions. The, the, the Usos are champions, so they're coming. Raw is already getting RK-Bro. Okay, so, so New Day is New fully Day free. New, New Day is free. Okay. So let's pick our teams. Uh, you are the co-host. I am the main host, so I will let you call it. Uh, call heads or tails. 
Heads. Hey, Google, flip a coin. It's heads. Okay, yes. it is heads. And by the way, last year you picked heads twice and lost both times. Yes, I did. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> I, was, I was very happy about that. Um, so, okay, you let's start first. You can pick your brand. Do you want SmackDown or Raw? I want SmackDown. Give me the bloodline. So I'm starting in a huge deficit. Let's just be clear. Uh, yeah, I do but, believe it's, it's better now with Biggie, but, but uh, yes. I'm in yes, a huge you deficit. Yes, you you're starting. Yes, you're, you you're starting with Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and the Usos. Yes, I am. Okay, so I'm in a massive deficit here. Uh, I mean, I, I think I should pick first, but no, let's do it again. Uh, heads or tails? Who um, for who goes first? What do you want? Heads. Hey Google, flip a coin. By the way, this is not an advertisement for Google by any means. It's heads. Oh, man. I'm in trouble. 50-50, it comes back. It comes back around. Do you want to pick pick first or do you want to pick second? Because remember, the first first pick gets one. The second pick gets the second and third pick. I got to see. Is there anybody I feel like I need to have right out of the gate? Um, I'm looking through my list here. No, you, you can go first. Okay, so... This is going to be, are you keeping track? You're going to write it all down? Yes, I'm currently writing down all the champions you have. Okay, yeah, great. A huge stack of champions right there. I mean, I love these guys, don't get me wrong. And I, and I will say off the top before I start picking here, I'm happy with RK Bro because those are two singles competitors. I'm taking the titles off right. them pretty quick. And yeah, I, they're operating in my singles division based on you know how things have already set up. So I will have Riddle and Randy Orton and they're operating separately. The other thing is I do technically have, I guess, the two extra women I have Rhea Ripley That's what I was going to ask. And yeah. Nikki Ash. So I am, I do have some pieces, but I don't have that, that I, truly, I love Big E. Don't get me wrong. He's my dude, but I don't have that real, that number one, like main big dude. Right. Right. I that, feel like the, I feel like the women's tag champs should be free. You can have Reggie, but I feel like because absolutely they not, brands, they are brand specific. All right. No, all right, we 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 already did the pick, so I can't change it after the fact. That's and right. we did it last year too, so we're we're just sticking to tradition here. No, okay. And and look, Reggie. I mean, if you want Reggie, you can have him, but you have to take the twenty four seven title as well. Can I just have him? Have him, or do I got to give up something? Uh, you can. I mean, if you feel like that's a fair trade, I'll give you Reggie. But I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't think why I'll don't take. Think yeah, I'll t- I'll take Reggie. If you're getting the women's tag champs, I, I, that, that we okay. were at the same number of people right now. Uh, I guess. Okay, sure. You don't even want him. I uh, I don't necessarily want him, but don't forget, you also if you have Shinsuke Nakamura, you're getting Rick Boogs too. So you actually have an additional person also. So you know what? I'm keeping Reggie. Screw you. All right. I'm not. Oh, no, no. I wait, wait, wait. I was not considering having Rick Boogs with Nakamura. Oh, you get they're together. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it's up to you. Unless you don't want Rick Boogs, that's your prerogative. Well. I mean, I do. Of course, I do. So um, I'm giving him. T- I mean, that's how it works. So okay, I will I'm take him with Nakamura. You can you can keep Reggie. And that's you know this hurts me. Number one, I wanted SmackDown, but number two, for me not to get Rick Boogs in this draft is it's devastating. So again, I'm operating oh, yeah. from a really low point right here. Um, so look, I'm struggling. Right. I, I you know Biggie, love him. Right, this is my dude. Uh, very happy that he is my WWE champion. I don't have that number two guy right now. Um, and I need to take that right off the bat with my first pick. Uh, did, who, did you decide? Am I picking first? Yes, you can pick first. Okay, so I am picking first. Therefore, I am going to take Finn Balor. He's my number one overall pick. That leaves, not, not and pick I'm picking pick. him. I'm picking him for a couple of reasons. Is he a big meaty man? No, I got that already. All right, I got Big E right off the top. I want a dude who gets the crowd behind him. He can be a main eventer. He can really do anything. We saw 
at this this last pay-per-view, Extreme Rules, how behind him the crowd was. I have now two super faces, and I'm really excited. And Balor can play heel, too. He's great heel. So I'm very happy to get Finn Balor. All righty. I need some faces. I've got a lot of heel champions right now. So, and I get two picks here. You do. So, so my first pick here, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. It's a good pick. He, it will be hit, the, the, the match that him and Roman had at last year's WrestleMania, uh, last year's Survivor Series was tremendous. I would love to see them in the ring again. With my other pick, I'm going to go with, so we don't know if they're back together or not. I think they are. I'm going to pick the Hurt Business. Okay. Which includes Lashley, yep. Cedric Alexander, and uh, Shelton Benjamin. I mean, you're taking all the big dudes. Like you're, 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 you're. I got a lot of meaty men here. I mean, that was that was going to be my next round pick. So you know, you're. Yeah. You're gotta, Plus, it's a middle. three for one. Hard to give that up. It's on the board. I got to take it. Okay. Well, you've twisted my hand here because uh, with you taking Bobby Lashley in the hurt business, I cannot let you corner the market on these men. These these larger meteor individuals. Uh, so my second overall pick for the raw side of things is going to be Brock Lesnar. Oh, that was the other one. That was the other one. I had so I'm mind. taking Brock. And by the way, he's never going to be champion on my brand, but, <laughs> but I'm going to use him every week. This guy's showing up to television. I don't care what I got to pay hope, him. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I hope you have the money. Yeah. I need Brock Lesnar on my TV screen. He moves the needle and he's the name that needs to be taken in that spot. I also need to make sure that with Charlotte Flair as my champion, we like Charlotte, okay? At the same time, she ain't really the top tier in the, of the women in WWE right now. I already have Rhea Ripley. I have a nice younger piece, and they're all young, so it's, it's really good. But I'm doubling up. I'm taking the boss, Sasha Banks. She's coming over to Monday Night Raw. That's some star power there. That's some real star power. It is indeed. So you have two picks. I, I, I'm still, I got McIntyre, but I'm still loaded with heels right now. I need someone the fans absolutely love, someone who is over like Rover, someone who can relate to the common man on the street, and that man <laughs> is Kevin Owens. Yeah, I knew you were going to Kevin Owens. That's what you did last year, too. You he, got Kevin he, Owens. He, he would be one of the top guys in my company if I was running a wrestling promotion, promotion which I... Uh, very much should be. Next pick. You've got a lot of women on your roster. I'm starting to I, think. I'm starting to think. By the way, that I should have had two picks to start, just because of the situation I was in. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, you got Reggie, so that's <laughs> great. That's that. Um, I am. I, you are loading up on the women right now. I need a response. And I already have Becky. Sasha's gone. I got a list here. I'm just crossing everybody out. Make sure I get them. I'm going to go. Selena Vega sitting there. Do drop. You can take either of them. Uh, I know. I you. know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I'm yeah. going with someone I'm 99% sure I picked last year and you were upset that you didn't get. I'm going to make that pick again. That pick is Bianca Belair. Of course. Yes. I. It was a very difficult decision for me, Belair, um, over Sasha Banks, I will say. The reason why I took Banks over Belair is because I have Rhea Ripley. Right. And I could have both and they'd be great. But we saw that plenty in NXT. I don't really need to go back to that. I wanted that other 
veteran presence. And again, because I have Nikki Ash too, who I'm stripping her of the super, as much as I, you know, the superhero gimmick's working for her, I think a little bit, maybe um, she's losing that, you know, on my brand. So she's, she's going to go to the dark side with Rhea Ripley. They're going to be a good tag team. They'll drop the titles, uh, but no, that's good. Bianca Belair, you have a strong team right now. Um, I know I do a strong roster. You're, you're doing well, uh, but I need to kind of counter that. And somehow uh, there's some names, some big names here um, that have not gone off the board yet. And by the way, I should yeah. note, this is kind of difficult, right? Because WWE cut so many people. I was listening back to last year's draft um, and a lot of the names we took early are actually no longer with the company. Like Alistair yeah. Black was an early pick. Andrade was an early pick. Uh, the Fiend, uh, Bray Wyatt, we took early. And I think we gave Alexa Bliss with him at the time. So, you know, we are in a different spot. Um, but speaking of, look, I, I need these bigger, meatier men. Um, and I'm going to kind of pull a move that you pulled with the Hurt Business. I'm going to take a team that gives me that. So I'm going to go ahead and draft AJ Styles and Omos. Oh, oh that one hurts. That one hurts. Indeed. That was one. That's I your boy really Omos. If you want to make, am, a, yes. want to make a trade, trades can happen. I'm willing. You want to give me the Hurt Business, I'll give you Omos. Happy to do I, it. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Think about that, it at the end. I'm willing to they, do that. They are a proven commodity. I am all aboard the Omos train ever since he stepped over that rope. I know you WrestleMania. are. You left him for me. You left him sitting there. I, I did. I did. That's a good pick. That That's a good pick. I will consider a trade perhaps later in the draft. And I'm going to kind of double up here because I got Finn Balor on this roster already, right? I got AJ Styles on this roster. The wrestling quality in the men's and, division... Are there any on, other Bullet Club leaders on Raw? Team? No, no, but it's someone who could have been, could have been in that role if they ever wrestled in Japan. And that person, my, uh, what is this, first, second, third, my fifth pick overall, it's going to be Seth Rollins. Mm. The Seth Rollins Broken Skull Sessions was really good. Have yeah. you seen it? Not yet. I, I'm very far behind on anything that WWE's put out. Um, on the network, which has not been much, by the way, recently. No. Yeah. No. It was he was really open about not liking certain characters, not liking being face or heel, his confrontations with Vince. Uh, one of the more revealing ones among a current uh, wrestler. Highly recommend that. All right. Got two picks for you. You got a lot more people than I do at the moment. I need to get some bodies. Oh, no, I have fewer people than you do. No, you, you, got, you got three with the hurt business. Yeah, um, that's true. I guess I do. You got Nakamura true. and Boogs. You you just yeah. got those extra champions up top with Reggie and Rhea and Nikki. But yeah. Yeah. That's, those, that's, are, those are minor. <laughs> those are minor. I would give them up. Yeah. I'd happily give them up for more picks. Trust me. Need to get into the tag team division here. You uh, do. You just got one. I'm going to go with the Street Profits. Okay. We may break them up at some point, but I'm not going to just let Angelo Dawkins float in the wind. How dare you? How dare I you want him. He just out. So the boss are gone. You are right about the lack of uh, names because I'm running out of. I, I put the list of like draftable people on 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 a spread on a document here, and we're I'm already getting pretty low. I'm gonna have to pull up the Wikipedia page again and see what else is there. Um, let's see. Yeah, like the women's roster is thinning out quickly because of the champions. It's um, a clock ticking here, man. It tick, is. Tick. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Bailey. Okay. She's out, but 
She'll be back soon. I drafted Becky last year, and she didn't even, by the time, I mean, how much time? I've had a month with her, technically, right? If my roster was real. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you'll get her. You'll get her back sooner than later. Yep. So those are my two picks. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I forgot that you uh, already had taken one. So it's back to me. Um, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a tight spot here. I mean, there's a lot of talent still left on the board. I need to make sure I'm making the right picks for my roster. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, look, I already have Brock Lesnar, right? You do. I already have Omos, right? You do. I already got Big E. Uh, I got Damian Priest too. So I got some big meaty men. You got, you got some tall dudes. I do. I do. But you know what? Uh, there's no harm in having another at all. So I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger here. Keith Bearcat Lee is joining, staying actually, I guess, on the Raw roster. Should be Bearcat Keith Lee, but it should be, it but it's it not is. yet. So he's staying, there. he's staying with potential. me. I'm very excited to have Keith Lee on the team. Um, and I'm going to go, let's see here. I mean, tag teams, you can create them at any time. You know, it's tough. I'm going to, I'm going to skip over the tag teams. I, I need some more women's wrestling. I'm still kind of somewhat deficient in that area. I mean, I know I have, you know, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash. That's good. I want to be great on my side. And when you're talking about great and you're talking about women's wrestlers in WWE, you need the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, on your team. Asuka is joining Raw. Staying on Raw. I have not seen her in a while, but always a, a good pick. Indeed. <clears throat> so you have two picks now. So I have two picks now. I uh, didn't want to do this, but they're here. And so I'm going to, I got to do it, I think. And Don't that do is, it. Don't do it. This I is got, not fair. I got to do it. Don't do it. You had you had multiple chances. No, and it's, you're you're it's, that's you, you can't be a wedge driver. I, hey, I I I might be willing to trade uh, these people for Omas, and those people are the new day. Okay, he's taking the new day. Needed to to rack up a, a few more tag teams here. Some many time champions between Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. They are gone, and uh, like you, still a bit deficient on the women's roster. I'm gonna go with. Naomi taking Naomi. Now I'd like a little relief here for new day. Uh, I'd like, I'd like to request as part of this draft, the ability to take two wrestlers on the roster and make them a tag team. Would I be allowed that opportunity? No, 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 no. If they have teamed up, they've teamed up in the past. Were they a tag team in the past? Yes. Uh, I, I, I lean. No, (laughs) Excuse me, I lean no because they're not a tag team right now. There are still a lot of singles put together tag teams available right now. So I, I I'm gonna say no. Okay, that's your own that's to your own detriment because I there's some really good people on this board that I was gonna leave behind uh to create a tag team, bring back a tag team, but uh that's fine. I, I will just go ahead and uh do that myself at a later date in this draft. Uh so let's stick with the individuals. Um I need a little bit more veteran presence on my side. And because of that, I'm going to go take none other than the rated R superstar Edge. Oh, wow. He's joining the Raw roster. You did this to yourself again. I can't stress I that did. enough. Um, I, I had another move. I was oh, I make. know what you're... Oh, so I, I know what that move was now, I think. But, I don't uh, think you did. Su- surprise, Randy made it made it this far. Maybe a, a poor reflection on us or... Randy Orton? Uh, yeah. 
I have RK Bro. I already have Randy Orton. Oh, wait. Wait, who did you just draft? I drafted Edge. Oh, I mixed that up. You're right. Yeah. Edge. Sorry, yes. Edge so is you, on my you team. Have, yes, Edge now you have, you have the RK, rated RKO. I technically do if I want to go in that direction. Maybe, yes. maybe I split Riddle solo. Maybe I go rated RKO. I do have that option. Um, yes, but I got them mixed up in my head. Yes. You did. You did. And that's okay. Uh, let me see here. What else do we have going for us? Okay. Um, I am a little bit deficient in tag teams. You're kind of, you screwed me over a little bit with New Day. It's understandable. I didn't screw you over. You missed your opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to forego another tag team. Uh, and I'm going to stick, go back to the women's division because I want to have the best women's division in professional wrestling, which I believe I actually already have, but uh, I'm just going to make it even better because I'm going to be drafting with this one, two, three, four, five, six, with the ninth overall uh, pick in, for my round. Uh, for my team, I guess. Uh, I'll be taking Tony Storm. She'll be joining the Raw roster. Good pick. Don't We'd know what you have her. until it's gone. Would love to see her on SmackDown uh, on actual TV. Could have had, yeah. Well, Good I'm going to put her on I'm going to put her on television frequently. Good. She's going to be my champ. Good. Good. I uh, got to find out exactly where I was here. Um, he is gone. He is gone. Running low on names here, unless I forgot some folks. Um, I've been I've been on a run of tag teams, but I like both of these guys as a team, which they are now, and separate. And that is American Alpha. Good Alpha Academy. Otis Alpha Academy. I'm sorry, mix this up. Uh, Otis and Chad Gable. I should let you. I should have made you take American Alpha. That way, you can have Jason <laughs> Jordan as a producer, and you can have yeah, Chad Gable wrestling for you. And that way, I can get Otis and screw you over here. Yeah, you know, I I do need some veterans. I gotta find there, there's not a ton of veterans left. There's a there's a dude with a son named Gage who's available. You could take if you have any <laughs> <Yeah>. interest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're gonna make we're gonna make Sunberg a thing. It is happening. Um I'm not sure about uh I, I got it. He, he's a former world champion. I can't just leave him floating out there like he so often does in the air. And I'm going to take Jeff Hardy. Nice pick. Okay. You got Jeff Hardy. We're coming kids back. Kids love him. He'll sell a lot of merch. Oh, he'll sell merch. No question about it. Uh, we're coming back to me. And I'm going to take someone who remains massively underrated and massively underused. Still, somehow to this day, this guy can go with anyone, and with my roster, he can fight the big, meaty men. He can fight the smaller dudes. He works with all comers. I'm taking Cesaro. Cesaro is joining the mm. Raw roster. Haven't seen him on TV in a while. No, we have not. That's actually a really good point. I don't know where the hell Cesaro is. Hopefully, maybe this happens. Maybe he does go to Raw. That would be fantastic. And so then that is... So I'm going to go ahead what, and one, take... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... That is ten, dude. Do that's we want to go to... I'd like, I like. I think we should 12? go further. You're right. That, that could, technically would be the last pick of the draft. I would like mm -hmm. to go a couple more rounds until until you yeah, and I feel like 12. we're done. Yeah, let's do 12. Come back around to you. Come back around to me? So, okay, I'll, I'll pick yeah. another this one. This will be 11. This will be 11. I'll do So I get two more picks, basically. Okay. Yep. And we, we each get two more picks. Okay. Yep. Um. Good. Okay. So, yeah, my, my tag team scene is, is kind of screwed, right? And that's okay. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a tag team that operate that can operate both as a tag team 
and as individuals, since you have so many tag teams already. I'm going to go and take Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, the Dirty Dogs. I've enjoyed the Dirty Dogs. They've not gotten, I I think, enough love for the job that they've done, but uh, they are good. That's a good tag team pick. Absolutely. So I've got my final two picks here. You do. Need some more women on the roster. I've only got, uh, I've got Becky, Bianca, Bailey, Naomi. Someone who is extremely talented in all kinds of different roles. So much for supporting women's wrestling over here. Yeah. That's, 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 that's decent. You got all the tag teams, so, so it kind of added up. I got one tag. Here. I only have one tag team. One yeah, women's tag team. But, but you got there. You didn't have to draft them. So that was, that was You gonna, got you Roman got Reigns good. and the Usos, my friend. I did. I did. So <laughs> and, I'm going to take. And oh, Becky Lynch. He also got <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> I'm going to take Alexa Bliss. Okay. Very versatile performer. And with my last pick. This is tough. I, I got a couple of good options here. There, there really are a good couple of options for these final picks here. Eva Marie. <sighs> She'll be. She's a free agent. I will. Um, I'll get her on the waiver wire. These guys, man, this is a tough, tough one. Um, they're, yeah, they're not gonna. I, I was thinking about someone, but he's not really gonna fit. I don't think. I kind of want to do a few more rounds. I gotta say, but you go ahead. Um. I'm going to go with a guy who has a lot of potential. And I think we need we need a different kind of style on this roster right now. And he'll bring that. That is uh, Ricochet. Yeah, I knew you were going with that. That's good. I like that. Ricochet gets opportunity. Um, maybe, opportunity. maybe he joins the Hurt Business. Who knows? We'll see. There's, there's potential there. Uh, so with my last pick, you, you got Ricochet. He was on my list if I had a couple more rounds. Not that I don't like him and wouldn't draft him earlier, but, you know. I kind of wanted to uh, take some other people here. Man, this is tough because there's two people I'm looking at right now that I'd love to have on my side. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough to choose between the two of them. Uh, do you want, we want to go to 13? We could a, a lucky 13. I say we go to 14 is what I, th- is what I think we do. Okay. There's I so many sure. people left still. Yeah. I do. You know, when we put it to the listeners to, to vote on who has the best roster, I don't want to make it too overwhelming. I know. So. But there's so many women still that are not chosen. Like that, I, I don't want to do them to disservice yeah, either. So fair. let's go to 14. We're going to go 14 rounds. Let's do it. Max, what, that's what, it. No more. To yep. no, no more. more. No more. Okay. So that means right in this spot here, uh, I'm going to end up putting together the tag team I wanted that you wouldn't let me put together, <laughs> which was not rated RKO, but it was the bar. I'm reforming the bar mm. by drafting Sheamus. I already have Cesaro. They, again, work as singles, work as a team. I like that flexibility in a roster to be able to use your tag teams both individually and together. So now I have the Dirty Dogs and I have Sheamus and Cesaro, plus the rest of my roster, which is already yeah. sick. AJ Styles and Omos is another tag team that gives me that flexibility. I was going to I was gonna feel bad if, if Sheamus was not drafted in this. So no, he, he may have. It. You can make an argument he should have already been drafted earlier. I mean, yeah. this guy's been on a roll for the last you know year, year and a half. He's been doing an incredible job. Uh, I'm going to go back, since we have a little bit more space here in time, I'm going to go back to the women. Um, it is it is relative slim pickings, I have to say, just based on who is already on the main roster. But again, I'm going to go make a move that I think is the for the betterment of the future of my women's division. And because I do have the women's tag team champions, I'm going to draft Shotzi and Knox. Oh, that's a good, it's a good 
to get two of them there. Shotzi and Knox. Okay, so you have two picks, and then I believe I have one and we're done, I think. Two, three, four. Yep, five. that is correct. Yep. I, I need I need some more women as well still. Yep. Uh, Got to go with uh, Carmella. Okay, Carmella. You drafted her last year. Very well. good, very underrated worker. Much improved. A huge yeah. step up recently. She, she, she's really improved over her career. Yep. And to close this out, this is another another tag team. Well, I, I, all right. This is going to be my pick, but I got to run it by you to make sure this counts. Because <laughs> sure. I, I did not, I did not count the bar. So I got to ask you. Basically, giving you every uh, allowance here, and I've been this is, this is, this I've is been given nothing of good faith by you. Let's just be clear. This is why I'm putting it out there. You're the heel in this draft. Let's let's be honest with this. Miz and Morrison. How do we feel about them? Um, they're they're separate right now. Um, if you want to give, I'll put it this way. Let's make it fair, okay? You can have both of them if I get an additional pick because I had to take Cesaro and Sheamus separate. If not, you have to draft one of them. Okay, because they are that's separate. Fair, they did break up. I got to think about it, but that's a fair that is a fair compromise to put out there. Okay. Um, but I'm not gonna put them actually. As I look through this list, I gotta pick someone. This person's been sitting out there. We both love him. Love him. I know. I've I got, already know who you're going with. I've got his forever rival. It's only natural that they stay together. And I'm going to take Sami Zayn to pair with my Kevin Owens. I already, I almost took him four rounds ago. I got to tell I know. you. It just didn't fit with what I was doing. Roster. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to make sure I took Cesaro and Sheamus together. That was important to me. But yeah, Sami Zayn, honestly, a no brainer for a pick. Uh, and him staying on SmackDown, I think makes a lot of sense. So I have the last pick in the draft here. Yep, number 14. Number 14 for me. It's tough. Um, slim pickings here. I'll tell you who I'm not taking. Uh, 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 let me do that, actually. That's a little bit fun. Uh, I'll, I'll waste a little time doing that. A uh, process of elimination, okay? I am not taking do not Eli- Do not hinder gender. I am not taking Elias. Uh, I'm not, as much as I love him, uh, you know what? Maybe I would take Morrison, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to take the Miz. Uh, I'm not taking our truth. I love you, our truth. Not happening. You got Reggie. I do have Reggie, but I'm that 24/7 title. That's changing drastically. That's that's going to be something totally different. That might be the 247 title. That might that might be for <laughs> individuals weighing over 247 pounds. That's what might, might happen up there. Uh, Eva Marie not happening. Nia Jax not happening. Uh, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, they're not happening. Natalia and Tamina, respect. Not happening. Zelina Vega, not happening. Uh, Jinder Veer and Shanky, sorry. Maybe I would take Veer, but not them as a group. Garza and Creo is, is actually pretty interesting there. Uh, Lucha House Party is interesting. The Viking Raiders are incredibly interesting. Apollo Cruz and Aziz. Cruz is so talented. Corbin and Moss. Not sure if you mentioned them, but Goldberg. Um, the uh, surprise to see... Uh, Ray Mysterio still out there. The Mysterios, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, mm-hmm. they're sitting there too. You're right. Uh, man. Even right. Marie still out there. <laughs> I'm in a tight spot here. So this is tough. I, I got to say, uh, it's very tough for me to not take. Like, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you who I'm really between. Legitimately, I'm between mm-hmm. John Morrison, Apollo Cruz, just because I think they add a lot of interesting stuff uh, potentially. Uh, Shayna Baszler still has not been drafted. Liv, yep, Mor- I thought about it. Liv Morgan and the Viking Raiders. That's the group in which I'm choosing 
uh, See, for this final spot. If you take Cruz, then you can reignite the Biggie Apollo Cruz rivalry. That's a, actually a great reason not to take Apollo Cruz, <laughs> just to make sure that they never ever wrestle each other again <laughs> after seeing it so frequently together. Okay, we need to end this draft. That's on me. Um, man, my women's division is stacked. So because of that, I'm going to stay away from the women. I'm actually, I'm going to go take a tag team. Um, I think we have not seen even a shred of what these guys can potentially accomplish in WWE. And my tag team division, it is a larger division, I will say. So I'm going to surprise. I love the Viking Raiders. I do. I'm going to surprise. I want some young talent. I'm taking the brand new tag team of Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. They are my final tag. So it's a it's a it's an interesting pick. Yeah, it's not, not what not I what thought. I it's not what I thought I was going to do. But then I'm realizing, hey, what like you said, everyone else that I mentioned, they're going to be free agents. So like, if you got live, I would get Shayna. You know what I mean? Like those other people aren't yeah. not going to be on my roster. This is just who I'm making sure that I have to, you know, create as strong of a roster as I can, as diverse of a roster also as I can immediately out of the gate. Not diverse in terms of uh, race or, or sexuality or anything like that, but just youth experience, uh, high flyers, larger dudes, big meaty men, etc. I'm pretty happy with my team the way it sits. Um, did you want to talk potential trader or should we kind of just move on and make that? I, I like my team, but I, I want to offer one trade. Okay, go for it. And that is the New Day. Okay. I would be giving up the New Day in exchange for AJ and Omas. I can't gives do that. World, gives you world champion, another world champion, Kofi Kingston, in exchange for AJ. I can't do it. I can't do it because... I, 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 are, you, are you keeping AJ and Omos together or are you breaking them up? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I'd rather have AJ Styles than not have AJ Styles. And I think there's plenty of other things I can do with Big E on my roster. And he's a main eventer for me anyway, so I'm not, I'm not at a huge loss not having New Day. I just think it was a scumbag move of you to not allow New Day to stay with Big E. And that, because that's what we did on last year's draft. So I just think that speaks to we you as We did, a, but they were together at the time. Uh, I just think that speaks to you as a person, um, <laughs> a, a, as a terrible human being. Uh, but how, how about, wait, how about... Um, being a wedge driver for, for three <laughs> best friends. I mean, what a terrible, terrible person. W- w- would you do the trade if I took Reggie off your hands? <laughs> no, I like, I, I mean, I'd throw him in to any trade, but no, I'm happy to have Reggie. Uh, Reggie, Reggie's welcome under the raw banner as executive directed by the silver King. Uh, so that's the draft. We'll keep it there. Mm-hmm. Any trades that we decide, Hey, maybe we'll, we'll talk about them uh, before we send out the tweet or something like that. So uh, here, here are the teams, by the way. Yeah, go for it. Let me lift those off. And this is, this is going to include champions. So okay. a, as you're listening to this, Adam on his Monday night raw has big E RK bro, Charlotte, Damian priest, Reggie, Rhea and Nikki, Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, Sasha Banks, AJ and Omos, Seth Rollins, Keith Bearcat Lee, Asuka, Edge, Tony Storm, Cesaro, The Dirty Dogs, Sheamus, Shotzi and Knox, and Garza and Carrillo. I'm realizing that with the champions on top of the draft picks, we have very big rosters here. Yeah, we're almost at 20. Yeah, we're like 20 beyond. Yeah. (laughs) We're, We're going to tweet them out so you can read them all. You don't have to remember, but I just want to put it I'll out create. There. I'll create a uh, list. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. I, on my Friday Night Smackdown, which has better TV ratings on network television, have Roman Reigns, The Usos, Becky Lynch, Nakamura and Boogs, Drew McIntyre, The Hurt Business, Kevin Owens, Bianca Belair, 
Street Profits, Bailey, The New Day, Naomi, Alpha Academy, Jeff Hardy, Alexa Bliss, Ricochet Carmella, and Sami Zayn. Adam, as you look at your roster, what stands out in terms of what you feel like you can do? I can do a lot. My main event is stacked, honestly. Like between Biggie, Riddle, um, Orton, Priest certainly has the ability to kind of come up to that. Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Keith Lee, Edge, just those guys. And that's not even counting Cesaro can factor in, Sheamus can factor in, Ziggler can factor in. But all those names I mentioned are world champion caliber performers that I have. Um, And then I look at my mid card and I say, wow, anyone who's not in my main event, they're factoring into the strongest mid card that maybe we've ever had across either of these shows. I think you have a stacked roster too, don't get me wrong. But I think RK Bro, in particular, me having them, and I'm not saying the Usos can't, you know, we've seen Jay in the main event. He main event, Jay Uso. Don't put some he, respect. He has on a lot of talent name. and Nakamura has that ability too. But I think because the way RK Bro is fashioned, coupled with the way I drafted, I have set myself up to have an incredibly strong main event for the men. And then you go to the women and it's Flair, Ripley, Nikki, Sasha, Asuka, Tony Storm, um, Shotzi and Knox, who can both operate, obviously, as singles. Man, I think my my main cards are stacked. My my tag team division, it's a little weak because I don't have the solidified teams like you do. You have the Street Profits, you have New Day, Alpha Academy, Her Business. Those are all solidified teams that have been together and operate together. For me, I technically have that as well, especially in drafting the bar, but it's not the same. It's a lot of individuals who are mostly grouped together as teams. So I think I'm a little bit weaker in the tag team area. But I did that knowing that I needed to load up in the other areas in order to compensate for you having Reigns and Becky Lynch and the Usos right off the bat. Yeah, I, like you said, I, I start. I got to start off with the tag team division. I got. I mean, the Usos hurt business. Street Profits, New Day, and Alpha Academy are going to put on banger after banger after banger. If you book the tag team division, they will sure. And I 100% will. And I think I've got the the right faces to go up against my big men heels, your Roman Reigns and, and your Lashley's. The guys to go against them are the ones who are over like crazy with the crowd. That is Kevin Owens. That is uh, Jeff Hardy, Drew McIntyre. And I'm go- I, I'm going to split them up here pretty soon. And and he'll start in the mid card, but. He is one of the most popular guys in the roster right now. That is Rick Boogs, who is going to get the crowd on their feet. Women's division is solid. Becky, Bailey, Bianca, the three Bs, plus Naomi and Alexa and Carmella. A lot of talent there. I I like the roster I put together. And it's it's a good mix of things. But we are going to be we are going to start with the tag team division and we're going to start with the bloodline. And we will ignore all acknowledge our tribal chief every Friday night here on SmackDown. Good team. No question by you. Uh, We know mine's better. That's fine. It's okay to admit it. Uh, But the fans will decide. The fans will decide. So we will post a poll. We'll we'll include a graphic um, of, you know, the teams uh, that we both have, the rosters, I should say, that we both have. And you guys get to vote who won this WWE, the second annual WWE mock draft here on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. The Silver King, Adam Silverstein, your host, 
the guy who made this show happen, the person who's responsible for the great professional wrestling audio that you're listening to, or the guy who kind of joined me after the fact, you know, Chris. Oh, I, I thought I would. Now I'm, I'm the heel on this show. You were today. You were, you were today. You were today. No question about it. Uh, let's wrap this up. Just acknowledge, just acknowledge me. Okay. Acknowledge me <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up uh, really quick. We want to talk about dark side of the ring before we get to that. I wanted to briefly mention a couple NXT superstars. I do get, I do hope get drafted and do get selected in the WWE draft. I'm not saying that it's going to happen because there's a lot of reasons some of them won't. But if I was WWE and I was choosing, these are the people I would call up. Uh, LA Knight would get called up. He is. Yeah, he would. He is. He's just not the right fit for NXT. He would work a lot better on the main roster. Straight up. Okay. My guy. And along with him, Cameron Grimes, who is main roster mid card ready right now. He has the moveset, the skill set. He can talk on the mic. It's a unique gimmick. Uh, with the crypto stuff and, and being wealthy and all that. Both those guys coming up. Uh, and the only other guy, and I know this one will not happen, but the only other guy for me would be Johnny Gargano. I believe the way as a group uh, with Austin Theory, with Candice LeRae, with Indy Hartwell, and I guess Dexter Loomis, you could bring that entire thing up to Raw tomorrow. And it would be one of the most popular things on the show along with RK Bro and Biggie. It would be a massive face faction. Um, and even if you tried to make them heels, people would cheer for them. So I would do that, but I'm not kind of suggesting they do that. And then for the women, for me, it's a no brainer. Io Shirai should be on the main roster, should have been on the main roster a year ago. Uh, she's currently an NXT women's tag team champion. So I don't think she'll get called up. They had the opportunity to take the titles off them Tuesday night on NXT and chose not to. To me, that says she's not getting called up. For me, she'd be a no brainer to call up. Dakota Kai as well. She should absolutely be on the main roster. She has nothing left to prove in NXT. She's back from injury. She's been back from injury for a long time. We already have Tegan Knox up there. It makes a ton of sense to bring her up. I would also bring up Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. They are a legitimate women's tag team, tag team movesets. Um, I think Team Ninja is what they call themselves. I would call them the KCs because their names are literally both KC. Uh, so they're up. And then Candice LeRae because she'd be coming with Johnny Gargano. Those would be the NXT call-ups that I would make if I had the opportunity, if I was WWE creative, just kind of wanted to put that out there. I know, Chris, you don't really watch NXT as much, um, but do those make sense to you in me kind of laying them out there? Yeah, I I mean, I've said from the beginning that LA Knight always was more of a main roster guy than an NXT guy. Um, He just kind of fits what they typically do there. I really hope he comes up and I don't have high expectations for how they'll handle him, but I think he's got a lot of potential. Let him get on a mic and talk in front of a crowd. He'll get them going. So, um, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So with that, let's move into really the second part of the show, which is our conversation around the dark side of the ring, plane ride from hell episode. I, Chris, don't exactly know how we should do this. Um, I guess I I did write down a couple topics to discuss from the show. Maybe I can run through them and then you can provide your perspective if you have some. Um, Did you have an overall thought, though, that you wanted to get out about the show? Because this was really your idea to make sure we talked about it on the show. Yeah, because, you know, it was, what, two weeks ago or so, and it Mm -hmm. was such a talking point in the wrestling world at the time. There have been uh, uh, consequences coming out as a result of it since, so I figured it was important to address it once you had been able to see it. More than anything, I'm just really glad that Dark Side of the Ring did this story and presented it in a proper context because we... We've all heard 
rumors and stories about the pine ride from hell. And it's always been told in kind of a, a jokey manner. And there were parts of that in this, but it's also a very serious thing that involved uh, serious situations that resulted in some, some lawsuits and stuff like that. So uh, they did a great job highlighting the right people involved and the consequences from that incident and kind of brought it back to, you know, how the business has changed and why it's changed and why it's important that it's changed from what it used to be, which was kind of a renegade party for a while. Well, I, I don't know that I a thousand percent agree. I think they left out some stuff in there. On top of that, I know that it's a documentary about the past, a documentary episode about the past. But there is no context given. Whereas if you had a two hour long full you know, movie documentary about this, you would hope that they would give that context going forward and say, here's how things have changed since. They mentioned briefly you know, how you know, WWF became WWE and with that came this change of this, this, and this. But they didn't actually like go through it and explain how there's a drug testing policy now. And sure. All this types of stuff happened. So let me kind of, I, I wrote down some bullet points from the show, uh, from the episode. I'll go through them. Any, I'll pause after each one. You kind of tell me if you want to, you know, discuss it, go through it or not. My dog's snoring in the corner. He's bored by this. Uh, just ignore that. But uh, the constant use and discussion on the show of H-bomb, uh, GHB, as if that was normal or okay, uh, that was disgusting to me. Yes. Many of us went to college listening. Uh, Chris, I know you and I did. You went to Michigan State. I went to Florida. Both major universities, both right around the time uh, of this happening. And we all know, know and learned and were told about GHB and date rape drugs and being careful about stuff like that, ensuring our, especially ensuring that our female friends didn't leave drinks open and all that type of stuff. But even with guys, right, to make sure that things like what happened on this plane did not happen. But for it to be passed off by so many people as not a big deal and just something that was done, it really does tell you about the culture of wrestling at the time. You could tell that. Even the guys on the show that uh, put their hands up and were like, hey, you know, some of the stuff stuff with women we don't condone and all that type of stuff. Like, even though they took that stance, when it came to screwing with the guys and using H-bombs and, and GHB, it was almost like they, they looked back on it fondly. And I thought that was a little disconcerting. Oh, absolutely. I, well, what stood out to me in that part was the way Rob Van Dam described it. Yeah. Of... of saying that the rest, male wrestlers would do that with women and then take advantage of it. Like that's <laughs> yes. Right. That, and, and he said it in a very like matter of fact, like, yeah, but, but also like, like this is clearly fucked up type of way. Like it was, he didn't, he didn't present it in a fondly looking back. It was like, you know, realizing now that like this was not good. Like it's like that's sexual assault. That's, you know, arguably uh, alleged rape. So uh, that was really messed up for the reasons that you said and yeah just a, a real problem and we'll kind of get to the larger picture later but yeah that 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 segment stuck out i think especially for that reason they also left out that mr perfect kurt henning and brock lesnar they were actually really close friends so a lot of the stuff that happened with them the fight they gave it the context of a fight what I remember, because I I knew all about the story and a lot of this, I mean, there was nothing in this documentary that 
taught me anything, meaning that I didn't know previously, kind of coming into it. But they left out that they were friends and they did this stuff with each other all the time in particular. Not just that Kurt on his own was a prankster, but he specifically was with Brock. So when Brock went and attacked him and they had their thing, it was wrestling, it was fun housing, it was not a fight on the plane where it was made to sound like it was some brutal brawl. But the question is, if you're Kurt, how are you dumb enough to A, start a prank war or a fight with Lesnar, who was 25 at the time? Not that he still couldn't murder anyone who he comes in contact with in 2021, but especially when he's 25 years old, whether it was real or play fighting, and then to do it on a plane that's in the air. I don't like flying, period. Could you imagine if something like that happened on a flight? Oh my God. Yeah, I, I mean, like, obviously wrestlers are known for embellishing their stories, and I don't know how close it was or wasn't to the door flying off the side like they, they talked about, but uh, seeing Brock Lesnar rampaging down a plane that I'm on would be a pretty terrifying experience. Yeah, no question about that. And then during the Ric Flair alleged sexual assault part, uh, look, Tommy Dreamer, he showed his ass, right? Uh, yep. But by just assuming it wasn't true and chalking it all up to a joke and guys being guys and Flair being Flair. Granted, Rob Van Dam was the only one on camera who technically backed up the story. But I'm not sure how much more you need, especially when there's a lawsuit and a second flight attendant with the same accusation. I thought they did a terrible job in bringing that lawsuit up and noting that there was a second person it happened to during the entire time this woman is telling her story, she never said it. It wasn't just me. It was also this person, right? That lends even more credence to it being true and accurate than just one person's account. Not saying that an individual shouldn't be believed. They absolutely should. But if you have two people saying this definitely happened, it really does fight against anything that Tommy Dreamer was saying. Oh, it was a joke. It wasn't a big deal. No, it was a big deal. It was an extremely big deal. And even though the flight attendant who was on camera admitted that she also thought it wasn't sexual in nature that he was doing it, that doesn't mean it's okay. That doesn't mean it's not assault. So the fact that they didn't cover that well, in my opinion, the fact that Flair got a pass from it, of course, is absurd. The sport jet company brushing it under the rug and kind of saying, hey guys, just part of the job. If you want to work with athletes, this is something that is going to happen. Holy shit, is that horrifying? Imagine being an employee in that company when all this was happening, allegedly, by the way. That's just what the flight attendant claims. But that entire section, you know, there's a lot of this where you could say, man, that was dangerous and stupid. The drinking, um, the fighting, cutting off the ponytail. A lot of that stuff is just like, oh, wow, that was a really rowdy plane ride. But it was the sexual assault stuff. This just being part of it, the biggest part of it, the Ric Flair part, that was really, really disconcerting and really worrisome and problematic. Yeah, and, and Tommy Dreamer comparing it to people being offended that he has a ponytail. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And and he ended up getting, I don't know if suspended or fired, I'm not sure, but he's not on Busted Open Radio at the moment as a result of I think he got suspended this. by Impact wherever he works also. Yeah, and, and Ric Flair is no longer in the, um, the WWE intro. I don't know if that was tied to this or Rick leaving the company, but I've seen it that was he's this. no longer in, in yeah. that. Sure no longer in that the opening bit to the show and you know the 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 strength of that flight attendant who really carried a lot of this conversation throughout the whole episode her perspective and strength was 
incredible. Yeah. Um, Agreed. To go through what she's gone through to talk about how, you know, she wants to say these things so other people know that, like, you know, it's not okay or, you know, other people may have experienced things like you and that that it's that it's not okay. Uh, she was remarkable. I thought I was glad. I think she was the end of the episode. I, I think she might have been the last voice we heard. Um, that was good. That 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 was. I thought that was handled well by Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and, and 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 yeah, it was. It's really messed up, you know. And it, the, with Flair, like a lot of those stories are not new. Like th- there was that WWE cartoon where they have Ric Flair flashing people. And and sure, there's a difference between flashing somebody and making someone do something physically. But yeah, I think, you know, the Ric Flair 30 for 30 came out a few years ago. And, and, and the director has since said, you know, you know, maybe he should have uh, just kind of highlighted that more and why it was not OK in, in the problematic parts of it. So good on him for that. Ric Flair later released a statement ripping the director um, got kind of messy, but um yeah, really not good. And and there's clearly been a lot of fallout as a result. For sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, Flair is basically persona non grata. And it did seem like he was on his way to AEW. It sure seemed that way, especially with Andrade firing another manager, um, only for this to happen. And I can't imagine them bringing him in. It wouldn't make really a shred of sense from a PR standpoint uh, to do that. Um, but okay, a couple more things here. I do want to give a shred of credit to Jim Ross uh, for taking responsibility despite being in the position where he easily could have just thrown Vince McMahon under the bus, especially considering he's taping this where he's no longer a WWE employee, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not beholden to Vince anymore, even though, of course, they are long-term friends. But him taking responsibility does not alleviate him of fault for allowing everything to go on as it did, knowing all that's happening over a period of hours at a time. You got to step in and do something like that. He's really painted in a positive light in this entire thing, but he could have stopped, stopped this and particularly the flare part. And, and so, have, so could have the wrestlers, other wrestlers on the plane at any point, anyone could have stood up and said, Hey, Rick, stop. That's not right. And even if maybe he exposed himself to the woman and if it ended there, maybe it's, it becomes not as big of a deal because people stood up and they felt okay about it. Maybe they eventually felt like they had protectors on the plane and they felt safe, but no one was there to protect the women. And there were a lot of people on that plane who should have had that responsibility. Just being a decent human being, drunk or not, right? Uh, The Undertaker was on there, uh, you know, and he's someone who it's been told in other- Locker room leader. Locker room leader, right? uh, Is there to protect people, doesn't allow certain people to get hazed, allows certain hijinks, doesn't allow other ones. I'm not saying he particularly, you know, he could have been sleeping when this happened. Who the hell knows, right? So I'm not saying that he's at fault or anything like that, but- there were plenty of people on that plane, Vince, Jim Ross, um, Michael P.S. Hayes, who was being, quote, one of the boys in the moment and really shouldn't have been. Uh, he should have been someone in an authority role. Uh, there were a lot of people who could have stopped this that didn't. So Jim gets a little credit for taking responsibility. At the same time, didn't nearly do enough to ensure this stuff didn't happen. No, and, and, and Jim, I, I think maybe the most damning part of the whole thing is near the end when Jim Ross says that Ric Flair got off with no punishment and says, he's asked why. And he says, he was, he was a made man. And you can say that was the wrong thing to do. Right. And again, that, that is him taking responsibility for not taking responsibility. um, Then, but 
20 years but, ago. Yeah, I, I, I there were I've seen mixed comments on whether or not Vince was on the plane. Jonathan Coachman was trying to say there were other things going on. I'm just in the context of this one. It sounds like Vince was on the plane. You're surprised. I mean, it's a plane. It's not like a, it's not that big of an area. Like if all this stuff is going on, I, I can't I can't believe the owner of the company would not have stepped in to, to say. A, a well, I think things. there's things that make noise and commotion. There's things that don't. Right. So Brock and Kurt Henning fighting, yeah. that's going to make noise. That's a big deal. The the ponytail thing. Uh, that's that's a, that's something that's going to make noise. Yeah. Ric Flair exposing himself to someone in that little cabin area where the drinks are. That doesn't make noise. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's true. And and this is over many hours. It's not all happening at once. Right. And we don't know who was sleeping or awake at what time. So there's there's so much we don't know. There weren't cameras there, right? At the same time, it feels like more should have been done by the people in charge. That's really what we're yeah. talking about. And, and, and another, another thing that really stuck out, speaking of the women, was Terry Runnels talking about getting uh, flashed by Brock and Gold Dust, her ex-husband by then, Basically telling Terry, don't sell it. And Terry was told. No, time Paul and time Heyman again, told her don't sell it. I think it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul Heyman. I think Goldust was, was later. Yeah. I, I thought it was Goldust. Well, maybe, maybe. Either it was Goldust. It was Goldust with Brock. And then it was Paul Heyman it was, when it came to someone else on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the Brock and, and, thing and, happened backstage at the pay-per-view. They said. Yeah. And I'm glad they, they included the interviewer then saying to Terry, it sounds like you're basically told to ignore all these bad things that happened by saying don't sell it. And that just really highlighted the difficult position that women in wrestling uh, still are. I, I'd probably put. Uh, oh, I doubt it's. Uh, I don't think time. it's like that anymore. But not to that. Not to that extent. But a year ago, we had the speaking out movement. And oh and, yes, and, uh, things uh, are happening in it, the independence. Yeah, I in a, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying in yeah. general, women in wrestling uh, face a lot of. Uh, unfair and, and difficult. There's, they face misogyny is what they face. And, yes. Yeah, and they're basically, t- and, and a lot of them just feel like they have to just because that's the nature of the business. Right. Should. Just to get ahead and do. Yeah. Right. You have to let things go, which you shouldn't have to, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say here is now this is a story, like I said, I've known about for decades. So I didn't learn anything from the doc. I think a lot of people did. And I think that's why it was a really big deal. But they left a lot out. The show should have probably been two hours long, not one. But I don't think the producers should get a pass given how much time was wasted on background stuff and not bringing other things to light. Most notably, Dustin Runnels, so Terry's husband, Goldust, was named in that lawsuit that they mentioned because he allegedly told a flight attendant, quote, you and I are going to fuck. He also allegedly grabbed her ass, rubbed his groin into her, talked about her breasts, and grabbed her arm a bunch of times. So I ask, why would they run everything they did on Scott Hall, who basically did the same thing? You could even say a little bit less, because all he really did was lick her, lick her face, um, or something like that. Perhaps even less by comparison than Dustin did, but leave out everything that Dustin did that's literally in a lawsuit with the exception of drunkenly singing karaoke and embarrassing Terry. Both of these guys, Dustin and Goldust, I'm sorry, Dustin and Scott Hall, were allegedly under the influence of drugs at the time, both allegedly verbally and sexually abused women by making them, by rubbing groins against them and, and saying things. Yet one of them was in the show and one of them was not. 
I would love to understand why that happened. That was a huge miss. And I mean, I, I could give you a conspiracy theory on it. I'm not going to. But to me, that's very notable that one was there and one was not. Yeah, no, that, that's completely fair. I, 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 I'm, we don't know what they had and didn't have and what was left on the cutting room floor and what wasn't. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of Dustin in the show, and maybe this was maybe the only place they thought that they could fit Scott Hall in. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's totally fair. Not, not, was, was Dustin fired as well? I'm trying to remember. Scott Hall was so fired. So he was uh, on the show. They said he was fined. I, I Googled it afterward. He was fined or, or given a penalty of some kind that we're not sure about. Uh, he did end up getting fired a year later, but it was not directly for that. I'm sure it factored okay. in, but it was not directly for that. And Scott Hall was fired. Scott Hall was fired. Point. Correct. Also, it was but don't forget Jim Ross. Up. Don't forget what Jim Ross said. Jim Ross is like, look, well, first of all, number one, Scott Hall had extensive problems with drugs. And yes. I know Dustin did too, yep. allegedly, but but maybe they were different in some way in that regard. Yeah. But but Jim Ross also said on the doc, he's like, Dustin's my friend. Like, we're boys. So, like, yeah. he kind of gave away that, like, hey, we're not going to go after him the same way we're going to go after Scott Hall here. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, and, and I thought it was, it was pretty fucked up that they thought he was dead. And Mike Kyoto's just like, nah, we know he's going to kick out, you know, basically right before he dies. Right. He's still alive. Mike Kyoto came off very just jokey about the whole thing no i don't know what he, he came maybe that was he did yeah maybe that was the only stuff that they used and there was other stuff they didn't use sometimes it happens but uh yeah not it was not a great look for him in that in that episode it was not and the whole episode was not a good look for wwe the wrestling business as a whole you know it's great that things have changed it took probably way too long for things to have changed but you know we are in an era now where there is a substance abuse policy or there's a, a su- substance use ban substance policy in WWE, not just abuse, but also, you know, performance enhancing and all that type of stuff. Um, and women backstage apparently are treated, you know, exponentially better than they ever have been before. And things in the entirety backstage in terms of how people treat each other, uh, men to men also, in addition to the women, uh, is apparently way better than it's ever been and way, way calmer and nicer and more jovial and more friendly and, and, you know, less fraternal, I guess, in some ways than it used to be. So it's good to see that the wrestling business the top end of the wrestling business, uh, WWE, and of course, now AEW. It's good to see that they've changed for the better. AEW is new, obviously, so they didn't have much change to do. Uh, but a lot of these things are probably well, I, still happening in the independent scene, as you said, as noted by the Speaking right. Out movement recently. And yeah. our only hope is that the industry as a whole can kind of learn from a lot of these major mistakes that have happened over decades upon decades. Yeah, but, but both WWE and AEW have cut um, wrestlers who were um accused of things in the speaking out movement uh last year and they've kept some who were accused yes, of things true. Uh, well wrestlers we talk about on these shows every week um so you know you can figure that stuff out i don't want to hash up different allegations against people and equate them but uh yeah it's it's it, let's hope things indeed seem to be better at the WWE level. But again, just a year ago, this this major speaking out movement within wrestling. So it's clearly not something that's fully gone away and just something that there are still very much lessons from a plane ride from t- two decades ago that, you know, still need to keep in mind for today. Absolutely. For sure. So that is this uh, very special edition of the Getting Over Wrestling podcast, WWE Mock Draft, Dark Side of the Ring plane ride from hell. We went a little bit longer than we expected. Our hope was to get out in an hour, but I think we had a lot of fun with that draft and we extended it longer than we expected. And that's okay. Hopefully you guys had fun listening to that. And 
heard a little bit of insight listening to the second half of the show. And make sure you vote for my team. We talked about plane ride from hell. No, we vote for the faces here on the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. So you will vote for the Silver King when that poll uh, comes out. But it will come out, um, you know, when this episode gets published. And we certainly hope that you guys listen uh, and vote along. And we can go over those results on Tuesday's show. So, yes, let's discuss what is coming up here on the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. We will be back this upcoming Tuesday. With our WWE episode, we will go over the full results of the WWE draft. We're also, my assumption, uh, going to get a bunch of uh, insight into how the card for Crown Jewel, uh, Blood Money in the Sand 6, is going to look. We already know uh, three matches, I think, that are going to be on that card. And we'll see if some more develop during Raw and SmackDown while they're doing the draft in between the draft, whatever the case might be. Uh, But that is going to be pretty exciting. And then next Thursday, we will be back talking all things AEW and NXT as always. So a two episode week next week coming out of this massive four episode week. I appreciate all of you listening to the show. Uh, Thank you as always for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at getting overcast, but please do not forget. It's all about the five here on the getting over wrestling podcast. So drop those five-star ratings and reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. Let people know how much you love the show. Tell them why they should listen. And do not forget to tell your friends and family as well. So with all of that out of the way, for Vintage Chris Vanini, this is the Silver King Adam Silverstein one last time, leaving you with three final words. Bye for now.